who here has younger siblings? Anyone? Any of the kids? Yeah? Younger siblings? Does anyone remember their sibling's birth? Does anyone remember their own birth? No? We got a few? Maybe? Where was Jesus born? What was the town? You guys remember? Bethlehem. Yep. He was born in Bethlehem. Where were you born? Where are some different people that places that you were born? In Fairmont? Okay. Who here was born in Fairmont? Who here was born in Mankato? Well, do we have any Iowegians here? <laughs> Welcome. My uncle's an Iowegian. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Guess what? I was privileged to be able to go to Bethlehem. To go to Bethlehem, which is in now Palestine, but is in Bethlehem. And it's a little bit away from Jerusalem itself. And in this uh, cave, it's more of a cave, not quite a manger, it's more of a cave, is the birthplace of Jesus. And it's recognized by a square in the ground, a circle that's about that big. It's got a star and it's got a hole in the middle. And that's the ground where Jesus first God made flesh right there. And there's an altar above it, kind of like this, except it's hollow underneath. And that's where the star is. And then part of that trip to Bethlehem, we were also able to say mass in, in the area of where Jesus was made flesh. And as we were celebrating mass, we were off to the right of it, right of this star where Jesus became flesh, and we were in the manger scene off to the side. And I just had this moment because I was caught between us saying the Mass and where Jesus was first made flesh. And my heart was pierced immediately saying, I'm between two places that normally people are not caught between. God becoming flesh and God becoming flesh in the Eucharist. See, it's not enough for God to just be like with his people in thought. He wants to be concretely with his people. Always. And an infant isn't even able to raise its own head. My nephew is still kind of going like the whole what's this head thing. Right? Because they can't even lift their heads. God, who is the creator of everything that is, when we profess the creed, I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth. Of everything that is, he became man. Which is why today in our, when we say the creed, we're actually going to kneel down at the words, and he became flesh. Just to give you a heads up. God be flesh, wasn't even able to raise his head. No one is ever going to be able to outdo the Lord in humility. God who didn't even need to ever suffer chose to suffer for you and for me. Chose to go to his death on a cross for you and for me. He didn't have to. But love is willing the good of the other. 
Love is not a feeling. It's willing the good, and the ultimate good for every single human being that God creates is eternal life with Him. That's why I love the beginning opening prayer, right? He came, we welcome Him joyfully as our Redeemer. Let us also face Him confidently when He comes as our judge. Jesus is not coming to condemn us. He's coming to free us from sin and from death. And just because it's a full house, I just have this on my heart to, to just say I'm sorry. For where the church is. It's a manger right now. It's a stable. It's pretty ugly. Our own hearts can be ugly. They're not palaces most days. But God chooses to dwell in the manger. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born in Antioch. He wasn't born in Alexandria. He wasn't born in Rome. He was born in a little tiny town, Bethlehem, which was off the map. The very edge of the Roman Empire. It's almost laughable where God chooses to resign. So I apologize as a man for all these wrongs that have happened. And I apologize as a priest. Because, like it or not, I had nothing to do with it, but I can apologize. And I'm sincerely sorry. And the things that should have happened should never have happened. The things I did are atrocious. And I'm sorry. Particularly for your community. I've never shared this with you guys. But I was a seminary in 2012. And I came here every other weekend with Bishop Harrington when he was covering. Blue Earth has a special place in my heart from that day. From that day forward, there hasn't been a week that goes by that I haven't thought about Blue Earth. Father Bierman and I, we're, we're going to let you down. We're human. But Jesus will not let you down. Obviously, Father Bierman and I will never let you down in hopefully huge ways. But if we can get you united to Jesus, then our job has been done. If we can get you on fire with your faith and knowing God's love and mercy and forgiveness, then our job has been successful. Jesus has come to dwell with his people, not in a metaphoric way, not in a passing way, in a very concrete way, in the Eucharist, in the sacraments, in love of one another, in a unity of faith, hope, and love. In that being caught between the real Jesus being present in the Eucharist 
and where He first became flesh, my heart melted with love of this God that I can't even comprehend wanting to come into my suffering. Wanting to be with me every step of the way. For Zion's sake, I shall not be silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her vindication shones forth like the dawn and her victory like a burning torch. Those are words from God to you and I. God is not going to rest until we shine forth and vindication is brought about. That we can rejoice in God's presence for all eternity for there is no more suffering, there is no mourning because death and sin are the realities of that. That's why we have suffering and mourning. So tonight, on Christmas Eve, what are we celebrating? The craziest two realities. Our humanity and God becoming one. Our humanity and God one in Jesus. And through us knowing Jesus and living with Jesus and growing in virtue and growing in prayer, we shorten that gap. But Jesus is what makes up that extra. The church is looking like a manger. Our hearts can be looking like a manger. But that doesn't discount us. Look at the entire Old Testament. There's not a single normal family in the entire Old Testament. Even the Holy Family. You have a righteous man who wakes up from a dream from an angel and he does exactly what the Lord asked of him. Who does that? Mary, conceived without sin. Jesus, the Son of God. Not your typical family. Although, maybe as a kid I thought that. Son of God, maybe. But what that tells us is God is not pushed off by our chaos. He's not pushed off by our dysfunction. He's not pushed off at anything. Anything that's in our life, he conquered once and for all in Jesus, his son, to come and save you and me. Starting off as an infant, it doesn't get more humble than that. Perfect union that God's been planning since we fell in the garden, promising us a Savior to save us, to be with Him forever in joy and hope and faith in love. Tonight, Jesus comes to us as a reality in the Eucharist. No matter if you believe or don't, this is the cool part about the Eucharist, it is Jesus. It is Jesus. God is with us. My faith in that, I receive it deeper, but it is Jesus. It's always going to be Jesus. Because God always wants to dwell with his people. 
Let us this Christmas season rejoice that God has chosen to dwell with us. And let's open arms as we do the little children in our lives. Let them in, love them. Because love lights us up. Love changes our dynamic. When my father holds my nieces and nephews, he starts babbling, like weird babbling, and then starts making faces, and then starts talking to the baby. A grown man. Why does that happen? Because it's sheer love looking us back in the face. with no sense of themselves. And we just want to respond back in like, in kind. Let's have that gaze with Jesus tonight in the Eucharist, in our families when we get home, and during this time of Christmas where the Word becomes flesh.